Professor Flimflam, she's Wonko, and this is episode 5 of A Bard's Eye View. This week we're going to be talking about episode 5 of the first season of Xena Warrior Princess, and our episode is called The Path Not Taken. Uh, uh, fucking wish we'd we not might... taken this path. Yeah, the, the episode <laughs> not watched. <laughs> the episode we wish we hadn't watched. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh we anticipate this may be a shorter episode of the podcast than usual, although it seemed to be much longer episode of it the show. Felt like it would never <laughs> fucking end. It's just like, oh, oh, when are we cutting away from this fucking heterosexual nonsense? Yes, you know, um, and like we have to, bit- must warn <sighs> those of you with a nervous disposition. Please be warned: this episode contains more than a trace of heterosexuality. Oh God, they should have done a. There needs to be a disclaimer at the start. You know, I know, this I know. Contains scenes some it's, lesbians may find boring. <laughs> like it's, it's not even. It's really. Not even, it's quite unsavory. Quite unsavory. Yeah. However, yeah. let's let's press on. Let's press oh. on uh, because I, I think every I think viewer figures show, listener figures show that um, you might appreciate a shorter episode anyway. <laughs> listener figures show you might appreciate if we just stopped. <laughs> yeah, it's going so down. We we're be- losing about twenty people a week, uh, and we can't maintain that sort of thing. <laughs> no. To be honest, if we, if the, if this trend continues, next week we'll have zero. So. I know, the, the sound of no listeners listening. Yeah. <laughs> so, we open our tale in a in a forest glade where a young couple are canoodling under a tree and we learn that their marriage will end a feud between their families that has lasted for centuries. No one can actually remember what it's about, as, as is the way with these feuds. Yeah, I think um, they come so, from Verona. <laughs> Verona's. <laughs> Coronas. <laughs> yeah. 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 I genuinely don't remember these characters' names. I just written I've written down Romeo and Juliet. Well, that's... similar, I've got Romeo I've I've got Romeus and Juliet because I've I've gone for that <laughs> um so you know Warrior Princess or touch of authenticity. So <laughs> Yeah. So Romeus and Juliet they are. Or Janice as you've um thought her name I was. I thought her name was Janice or something like that, or Jaina or I don't fucking something know. Something like that. I genuinely have no like idea. That. I'm gonna swear a lot more on this episode because it, it's the only way to keep me awake. Yeah. Um, anyway, so these 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 children, they're, they're very young. He's he's barely got bum fluff on his on his upper lip. Yeah. Um are canoodling and, and saying, uh, we'll tell our grandchildren about this spot and, and rather saucily he says will tell them that one of their parents was made on this spot. So I no mean, one that, wants to uh, know that. Listen. Nobody wants to know that about their parents or their grandparents. No, like, uh, we've got a lovely expression in here in Scotland, right? It is called... So many. The dry boak, okay? Now, what that is... <laughs> the dry, if, for those of us, interna- for our international mm. listeners, the dry boak is when you... Um, are so disgusted by something that you retch even though there's nothing in your stomach. Okay? So mm. it's like you know, and this uh, yeah, we don't we don't need that. They don't, we don't, sorry, trigger warning, emetophobia. Um that basically that the idea of him sitting with his little grandchildren, you know, some you know, dirty old man sitting with his grandchildren under the tree talking about how he fucked their granny there. Just oh. what the f- <laughs> like how do you think this is a 
Is this working well, they, for they you? Are, they are kids. He's he's basically a horny teen, isn't he? So is that Juliet? Is this working for you? Is this getting you moist? Well, it's it's not. Stop it. <laughs> it's, it's not because she says, "Oh, uh, after we're married." Yeah, reconsider the marriage, love. Reconsider the marriage because the guy's a fucking melt. Anyway, it becomes evident from shaky camera work that someone is watching from the bushes during the curve, (laughs) which which Juliet notices, says, that's very strange. There's somebody out there among the ancient Greek New Zealand tree ferns. Yeah. And uh, the, the somebody out there turns out to be, oh no, masked bandits who abduct Juliet leave the kid for dead and and that that's our little um, introduction to to the uh, to Romeo and Juliet then we cut to Zena and Gabrielle also wandering through the forest Gabrielle nah, chatting about the great of outside a tavern oh well, whatever wherever doesn't matter i'm sorry i've not i've not done, i've not included in my notes ext lock you know all that <laughs> business um, anyway but gabrielle's chatting gabrielle's chatting about the great adventure of life and you know how marvel is xena is kind of tolerating this which is a pattern where we're starting to see yeah 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 which is quite nice um you're right they they, they are outside a tavern because they go into the into the bar um shortly this after is the someone best else has scene. been thrown out through the window this is the best scene of the episode like this is the only reason to even watch this actually, episode to be honest because this is, this is actually quite an iconic scene. Yeah, <laughs> iconic, <laughs> iconic klaxon. Uh, uh, uh. Wah, wah, wah. Okay, tell us about the scene. Well, um, it's basically Gabrielle chatting about their previous adventure with the baby. Hmm. Strangely yes. enough, she doesn't bring up how ridiculous the whole thing was. <laughs> the baby tossing. Totally normal for her. Normal day. <laughs> just like she's just having a normal one, catching a baby that gets cost- tossed across a, a town square. Um. <laughs> so she's doing this chat, 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 chat. Meanwhile, immediately behind her, Zena is um, making her, like, basically everyone who comes near them, Zena either punches them or sets them on fire. Or, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, and then um, some pe- the, the people at the, ta- people at the table um, see that Zena has done all this and immediately vacate and Gabrielle goes isn't it funny how we never seem to have any problems getting a table in these places <laughs> and Zena's like it's a mystery to me yeah. <laughs> well, she's so, she's so nonchalant about these you know just punching someone behind her head and it's yeah. just, just so casual and just doesn't ruffle a feather yeah that and is Gabrielle nice is indeed. totally um, oblivious, oblivious to any of this happening yeah. it's really funny um, but uh, so, yeah, she does. So, so this is actually the second residence. time. No, wait, 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 wait. This is the second time oh. in two weeks that we've had the Xena set people on fire with the um, thing. Now, I had. Yeah. See, I should have looked this up before we had recorded last week because I had assumed that this was like fakery, but it's not. It's real. It's real. Like, this yeah. is actually yeah. done. And um, not only that, but Lucy Lawless performed this stunt herself always. Um, Lucy Lawless is badass. Yeah. <laughs> But but this is not the, new news. But what I did find out uh, when uh, I hmm. I had looked it up last week was that um, although she always performed the stunt herself, they always got a stunt performer to do it first to check the strength of the alcohol um, mix that they were using because obviously it's not just port they're using; it's some much stronger yeah. thing that you would need to do. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And um, they got the mix a bit wrong one time, and the stunt performer set her face on fire. 
Yikes. So, <laughs> and good, so, jo- good job they had a poison taster. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think they were okay. You know, I think they, you know, obviously they would have had like yeah. uh, they would have doused it quite quickly, and they probably and they no doubt had first aid on set and all that. But yeah, so that's a good. I imagine they did. I imagine they had first aid. I imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. that's a good anecdote. So she would always. That is a, um, that is a good anecdote. She she always used to prepare very very uh, carefully for this, and one of the ways she prepared before doing this was to make sure that she uh, drank a lot of milk <laughs> because apparently yes. that stops fire. So, coat the mouth um, with milk. Do Do you think she prepared us thoroughly for every aspect? Do you think Do you think she went out and committed the the odd mass slaughter to get in character? Is she a method actor? I don't know. Yeah. Should we tweet her and find out? Huh. Right. Dear Dear at Real Lucy Lawless. <laughs> <laughs> did you I ever confirm or deny? Conf- please confirm or deny. Did you ever commit a mass murder? <laughs> I think probably we shouldn't say things like that. We'll get sued. I mean, or we would if there was more than five people listening to this. Few, thank goodness, no one's listening to us. Thank anyway, God for that. so they 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 take residence at this at this table where Zena sits in the gayest way possible. Yeah, um, gays can't sit so on chairs properly. Boots up on the table, yeah. arms slung over the back of a chair, very very butch. Yeah. Um, and it turns out to be a good thing that she's she's sitting with her her feet up because she gets a chance <laughs> to take out yet another. Um, ruffian who, who approaches by just kicking him, kicking him over the top of her own head. So this yeah. massive <laughs> overhead like, kick. She's so extra. Like there was no need for that. And then There's Gabrielle's Gabrielle's There's just like, need. don't worry, this sort of thing just happens sometimes. You know, she's used to the shit, but yeah, she's we, like, we yeah, look, she's a bit extra. Okay, okay, yeah. just. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so the, young Romeus, oh. young Romeus has come in yeah. with a bulging saddle ba- saddle bag full of coins. With a bulging um, sack. Because he, he got blue. Because he got blue. Because he got blue balled at the tree. <laughs> oh dear. Listen, this episode's so boring. I've got to make my own fun. We'd quite like to apologise. Um, <laughs> so he so he tries he tries to play the big man and and hire. Zena and and Gabrielle as as mercenaries and well, and she's Zena's not interested not in hiring shit from a kid. He's not she's interested not in hiring Gabrielle. Uh, he comes up and he's like, "That's if you're for hire." Well. And Gabrielle immediately goes to defend her honor. You know, she's not that kind of girl. Uh, but let's hear him out. Yeah, and Zena's like, "No, not that kind of hire, Gabrielle." So, like, come on. <laughs> oh, right. Anyway, anyway so we, so. Romeo's goes about it all the wrong way, and uh, Zena says, "Look, just go and give all your gold to the poor, um, and you know better, hey, better things to do." Yep. Yeah, I know. Foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, she accepts the gig under under certain circumstances, and then we we have our wonderful opening intro sequence. And by the time that's finished, Zena has made a plan, and Gabrielle does not like it. No, uh, yeah, that's it. The basically, she needs Zena needs to go to a place full of like it's a rich hive of scum and villainy that she needs to go to. Just, just the kind, just the Mos, kind of place she used to like. Mos Eisley Spaceport. Um, yes. <laughs> Gabrielle is Gabri- acting like Gabrielle's in- worried about. Um, she's worried about recidivism. Basically, yeah, she, she's Gabrielle's- worried that, that Zena's going to 
remember what she what she's left behind and get a taste for it again i think yeah gabrielle's acting like an insecure lesbian with a bisexual girlfriend and to think that i told you not to use the problematic joke that you came up with i know i was gonna say the the thing she told me not to mention before this podcast and then she goes and drops that (laughs) hey i said insecure okay okay i'm not saying it's a rational belief said it's insecure Anyway, <laughs> no bisexuals are harmed during the recording of this podcast. I, I hope. <laughs> anyway, so they come to an agreement. Zena's going to go off and do her thing. Gabrielle will keep the dullard company while Zena does her thing. So off yeah. she goes to see a chap called Myzentius. And yeah. Myzentius is an arms dealer, basically. And to be honest, we've had um, all the, the only good parts of this episode are already done. Yeah, so let let's just let's just bullet point our way through the rest of it. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. So I mean, Ju- the... Juliet is the daughter of the king of Boeotia, Boeotia, somewhere. It doesn't Booty? matter. Who cares? Bootyland, something the like king that. Of, anyway. The king of insert country king... A. Yeah, know. and he he's he's another of these um, men in bad hats in a nasty cloth hat thing. Mm. So he's buying weapons to 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 go up against Romeus's family because remember this is the ancient feud between the house of the house of Fuckwit and, and the house Capulicia. of Moron yeah uh, and what's actually happened is that Mysentius has kidnapped the girl to ensure that he can sell arms to both sides and stay in business cunning very cunning plan yeah I'd just like to point out that the character's name <sighs> is Mysentius Okay. Not my Zentius. He's, I'm not claiming him. He's not mine. My Zentius, your Zentius, <laughs> whoever Zentius. Mazentius. Okay. I'll, I'll amend all my notes and put a little apostrophe in there. Mazentius. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do that. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, yeah. So here, and he's, he's such a. F- this guy is a real peach. Like, of he's all. He's a sleaze, the, isn't he? He's a real sleazy bastard. Like, you know, actually, trigger warning this episode for sexual assault because we'll have yes. to bring up how just how often this is threatened to this poor girl that he's kidnapped yeah, I, yeah, yeah like yeah. it seems to be a sort of like for the first i would say like 25 minutes or so uh, every time you see mazentius he's on his way to rape this girl it's horrible like yeah. and Zena doesn't really often go there it doesn't go there that often um do you know what I mean? It's not Game of Thrones. I do. Um, I do. I, I've made uh, this note about it, a little, <laughs> a little casual sexual violence on a on a fun filled family show. Yeah, so, yeah. It's this um, episode. There is. A, I can think of one other occasion where it really obviously went there with this idea, and actually, oddly yeah. enough, it also involved Mazentius. And you might yes. be wondering how, yeah, considering what happens to him at the end of this episode. But we'll come back to that. Please. In six we months' will. time, when, when that when that episode airs, <laughs> yeah, airs, <laughs> it aired thirty years ago. What we're we talking about? Yeah. Anyway, so Zena Zena goes into Moss Eisley into the bar, and when everyone goes, oh, where Zena, where have you been? We heard you. We heard you turn to the light side. She <laughs> um, she passes off her goody two shoes act as just a cover for her continued evilry and rampaging. Yeah. Mm. She says, oh no no, I was pulling their legs. I was. Pu- I was, I was just a bit of fun. I was pulling their legs. I'm still evil, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Class. And then one, 
one particular big muscle bound um, warrior faces up to her and and makes remarks about her mother, um, and there, there's a lot of eyeballing. And then, yeah. lol! It turns out they're friends, and he was just joshing her, and they they have a they have a cuddle. Yeah, and this is dun 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 Marcus, who is Marcus, and I think <sighs> we have. Thank you for that jingle, Flim Flam. It is excellent. <laughs> I thank you. I thank you. Thank Recorded you for giving me something that I have to <laughs> fuck about in the edit to include. It's good of you. You get to learn a new. You get to learn a new skill. I don't want to learn new skills. I'm a teacher. It's the opposite. Do you, you of don't what want, I want many to do. skills. No, I don't want. She's not said that yet. That's not. We've not had that iconic line as of yet. I don't. You, we'll need to make a so note you, of when that appears. So we're not. You're not going to learn any new skills until that line appears. Yep, pretty much. Cool. But yeah, as I said, as a teacher, learning new skills is not my thing. It's the opposite of what I do. <laughs> opposite. Okay. I'm not keeping opposite land. Um, do you still use? Do you still use an overhead projector with acetates with coloured pens? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me a violent, you've refused, you've, violent you've flashback to, learn to the PowerPoint because it's a new skill. PowerPoint oh, is not a new board, skill. Smart board. I've got a blackboard. That's all I need. PowerPoint's not a new skill, uh, love. That is an old skill. All the people who are still using PowerPoint are way behind the times. Thank um, you. Also, blackboard. No, we don't have such things. <sighs> don't use chalk. I've never used chalk in my whole teaching career. I was looking forward to it, but they'd already phased it out by the time I trained. It was ridiculous. Anyway, should moving on. Should we talk on. about this episode? Well, we need to film so, this. We need to pad this podcast out with a well, little bit of it's something fine, because one. it's not though because it'll disappoint people when these if they were to see a half hour long one in the feed, even though we've said repeatedly that these episodes should be oh, half an hour long, people God. would be disappointed. I don't think they would. <laughs> No, you're right. <laughs> anyway, so having having met our new potential male soulmate of the week, we're back with uh, Romeus telling telling Gabrielle the story of how he met his boring Juliet. Yeah, I mean this this is one of like there's like another That's a filler scene, isn't it? Th- this is one of two Gabrielle micro moments that we have in this episode. I think I think the lack of Gabrielle is one of the things that makes this episode boring. Yes. Um. So anyway, yeah. so Gabrielle's got an amazing plan, right? So Romeus, um, just tells her, her this really dumb story about how he met Juliet, and he saw yeah. her reflection in a pond and thought she was a water nymph, because obviously that's much more likely than just a girl that you're seeing a reflection <laughs> of. Um. Okay. Um. And she's like, Gabrielle's got an amazing idea. She's like, we'll go to her father. And you can tell him this story about how you're so horny for her. And that's going to prove that you couldn't possibly have kidnapped her or done anything bad because you really wanted to fuck her and you haven't had a chance yet. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that... <laughs> Do you know, I made very few notes about this this part because it was just so dull. Yeah. Pretty much. Like, to be honest, I, I, <laughs> that's actually what 
Um, my very next line, right? Well, the first my line my line to end this scene was this couldn't possibly go wrong, and then the next line was that I've written down: Marcus and Zena are being heterosexual together. They have history. Blah blah. It's boring as fuck. Um, I had Marcus has the hots for Zena. Hashtag relatable. <laughs> there you go. To be honest, though, we've just covered most of the episode now, haven't we? Because it's yeah. just like at rinse and repeat. Marcus and Zena are heterosexual together repeatedly. Yeah. Repeat. We we'll, we we'll also get a a little a little scene that just demonstrates what a what a sleaze um Mazentius with an apostrophe is <laughs> uh in that he offers some scumbag a job just for just for being an absolute scumbag. He says you're you're awful. I like it. You, yeah. you, you're hired. So we, you know, he he has no morals basically. And that and that's demonstrated by the the truly horrible line have have her bathed and perfumed and brought to my chambers. So th- so this is where we start this uh, dry book um, again. Yeah, vile. Yeah. Actually, I, you know, there's a whole subplot about Mazentius and how he's he's got someone stealing his weapons, like they're being embezzled. There's a whole weird, a whole yeah. boring subplot about that. Um, and then he thinks Zena's there now to steal his weapons because he's heard she's done such a thing before, stole someone's weapons and then ransomed mm. them back. Um, and uh, I mean, he's Mazentius is a fucking weapon. Never mind anything else, you know. Like, <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, he's so horrible. That that's another um, bit of Scottish just... for the international <laughs> listener. I don't I'm not think... sure that's in common usage. That's not Scottish. That's. British cats, gen, yeah. general British, yeah, that's. I've heard English people saying right, that. Then. I've heard more English people saying that right, than then. Scottish people. Okay. Anyway, I bow. So, I bow to yeah, you. Yeah. Um, I bow to no man. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> Thanks for that, Miranda Otto in Return of the King. Um, <laughs> another great New Zealand actress. Um, is she Kiwi actually or is she Australian? Well, I didn't, I was not aware of that. I think she's Australian. Don't know. Actually, we should we should really do some research. A little bit, yeah. Anyway, yeah. so cut back to Gabriel. My, my next, my cut next back to note. Gabriel now. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. well, sorry. Did you have a note about this Mazentius nonsense? No, the only note I had was, "Oh, Mazentius has a hot tub." Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, he does. He's got a hot tub. Yeah, uh, so he's got a hot you... tub, and he wears he wears this fabulous fur shawl, and he has this quite glamorous. You know, he's just saying. He's just saying. What is what is his interest in this girl? Because he doesn't seem like he's the. You think he seems a bit of a confirmed bachelor? Is that what you're saying? Well, I mean, clearly not. But he's, he's <laughs> the fake, you know, the the fake tan, the fur shawl, the perfumes, and so on. Mm, I guess. So obviously, there's a hot tub. So there will be later a hot tub scene where someone gets gratuitously yes. naked. So fun times. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, meanwhile we cut back to Gabrielle with Romeo's, Romeus. Uh, they're yeah. walking down the road and they encounter a, a troop of armed men with bad helmets, as you said. And yes. they get, and she's like, this is the guy, this is the, the son of your worst enemy. Uh, take us to the king. And they're like, come with us. And she thinks this is going well. Okay. This yeah, is her. Paris, she thinks, get you into the castle. This is all going to plan. Uh, but this is like a little micro moment of Gabrielle. Um, and really, I think yeah. there's a, a bit of a failure of editing here. 
Because in my opinion, we don't see Gabrielle for another like 15 minutes. At least. It kind of feels like they just for- whoever wrote the episode just forgot about Gabrielle and then they had to stitch some scenes in afterwards. Yeah, and it's like to me this would it would be funny the next te- the next scene we have with Gabrielle it would be funny if we cut to that immediately at this point. Yes. Right? That yes. would actually be funny. But no, what happens instead is that we get another like 15 solid minutes of Zena and Marcus being unconvincingly heterosexual together. Um, we and do, then but we, we, we also get back, this you know? this weird, but we get this weird scene. So we've talked before about this unsustainable warlord model. And yeah, we, and we get Zena <laughs> trying to Zena trying to sell this model to Mazentia. So she says, "I can keep the war going indefinitely to keep you in business." Um, mm. You know, I can, I can, you know, what what you're suggesting will be over in a week. You know, you'll have made a few drachmas or dinars or whatever they make. Dinars. Um, yeah. So she says, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you an offer and give you some advice. Uh, mm. and, the, and the offer is to keep the war going. And Mazentius is like, no deal. And then the advice is, the girl is worth more alive than dead. And for some reason, he pays for this advice. He rewards <laughs> her for this advice, which is bleeding obvious yes. and also why pay her and not just kill her i mean i'm glad he didn't obviously yeah but, well, um, no, but he, d- he did say yes to the use her fictional army to continually fight on one side and the other as mercenaries in order to make the war because okay. the the idea is the, the the conceit here is that one of these countries is much more powerful militarily than the other in which case mm. why was this feud ongoing for hundreds of years you know, surely. I know there's so it. there's so much that doesn't, doesn't make sense. <laughs> but I mean, it sort of it does make sense if you're an arms dealer to try and start a war rather than have peace. That makes sense, and it makes sense yeah. if you're into the business if you're in the business of war to make war go on for longer. And Zena's plan would yeah. make sense and work if she was still evil. So there's that, I guess. Yeah, but um, I guess, I guess. Anyway, just as she's got him to see. The bleeding obvious that the girl is worth more alive. Juliet threatens to top herself unhelpfully. Yeah. So she's again um, su- uh, suicide trigger warning. Uh, yeah. So she, yeah. She's... Thanks for doing the trigger warning after mentioning it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll we'll put these. I don't know somewhere. Will we? Perhaps. Yeah. Maybe. Um, but it's it's very unconvincing. She's she's on the top of a not very high wall, and she's yeah, got a, she's a knife gonna, which I'm is clearly a prop. Yeah, <laughs> do a flip. I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna. What what will I be worth with a sprained ankle? <laughs> so Cena so goes to Cena goes to talk her off the the literal ledge, um, and and Juliet's very very suspicious, but but Zena is able to show her Romeo's seal. Yeah. Prove that, that I don't know how she. I then, don't know how she smuggled like an aquatic mammal in. <laughs> <laughs> was it down her? Was it down her cleavage where the breast dagger would be? My life is so hard. <laughs> anyway, it's lucky no one on the ground can fucking lip read because she just tells the girl the whole plan. In full view she of does. everyone, and then and then she she makes a plan to to uh, uh, rendezvous later, and she basically says, "Meet me in the hot tub later, babes." Yeah, so pretty that's much. The plan is yeah. And what I want to know is how this girl who has never been seen without an escort of guards, 
how is she supposed to go to the hot tub on her own? Like, who's letting her go to the hot tub? She's like, do you mind, guys? I'm off to the hot tub, lads. Um, But finally, (laughs) you know, when she comes down from... When she comes... When Cena comes down from talking this girl off the ledge, um, she does finally manage to convince Mazentius that he probably should just take a cold shower and stop being a disgusting, perverted dickhead for five fucking minutes. She's worth more without a sprained ankle and she's worth more... um, if you haven't been to her. Yes, the nice euphemism. Nice euphemism there, Zena. Yeah. Yeah. Um anyway. So then I mean what I've just written after this is just more heterosexuality exclamation mark. Like Well, what what I can tell you about that in slightly more detail is we're, okay. we're back onto the we're back onto the subplot of the of stealing the weapons. Mm. Um Zena breaks into the arms store to to examine um what there is and to, to look at presumably um, shifting it uh, and she finds um, what I think we have to call Chekhov's arrowhead so she discovers yeah. an arrow with a u- very unique um, arrowhead and as soon as you see it we think we're going to see that again it'll be significant in some way um, and sure I mean, enough you say significant like no ish well barely barely yeah. it, it will be mentioned um, however she's Busted, having having broken into the arms store, she's busted first by Marcus, and we discover um, that actually, surprise, it's Marcus who's been uh, stealing all the weapons by shoving them down a well or something. Sending or something. the arrows down the well, down the well. That's a that's a, the reference to an old Simpsons episode. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Good. Listen, if you can do musical interludes, so can I. I just don't plan them. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, and then Mazentius busts both of them, and uh, Marcus covers for Zena. Um, and comes yeah, up with, because comes he's horny for her, basically. Flimsy, flimsy. Now, why cover, is he? Story. Why is he stealing these weapons? It would be better. It would be good if he was stealing them to give them to people who needed to defend themselves from warlords or whatever, but he's not. He's just lining, he's feathering his own nest. Although he does yeah, tell a them. boring story about how he once tried to go straight from this life of crime and villainy. Um, yeah, he made, he made a he very half-hearted attempt to come it. to go clean when a raiding trip went went too far and killed someone innocent. But yeah, he couldn't, he couldn't hack life on but the outside. Yeah, Gov. it's just like, what is this? Is he's is this like a Brooks was here moment? You know, it's just like, yeah. And Zena's like, you just have to make a decision to do the right thing. And he's like, I'm not that strong. And honestly, I just honestly never found it that hard to not kill people. I would think, you know, he's making it sound as if not killing people is the active decision that you're making. And in my experience of life, I don't know, maybe I'm just a privileged person here but in my experience mm. killing people would be the active decision like not killing people is the kind of default state but you know maybe yeah, it's I'm the just, line of least resistance isn't it not, you would not think murdering not murdering people would be the line of unless you're those guys from troy yeah. from a few episodes ago <laughs> and, I, and i and i think you, using yourself is is a good example because you, you often tell me how much you want to murder particular people and i've never done it yet some, you never have no no yet yeah. Everyone, just just make note of that yet, people. One day. One I'm day. I'm sure it'll be fine. 
Perhaps you know how you, you know how sometimes old people go off their nut and start like taking drugs at a really old age because they're like, well, I've hardly got any life left. It doesn't matter what happens to me now. Yeah, that's yeah. how it'll be with me and murder. Oh god, <laughs> little recreational murder. <laughs> anyway, oh, please don't, so, please don't, friend. So after all this. There's a really gross part where Marcus is kissing her neck and she's like pretending to be into it, and I really don't think she was. No, I mean like the character least... was supposed to have been, but like Lucy is not selling it. I'm sorry. That is that's exactly my interpretation of it. I think it is meant to be genuinely. She's she's quite yeah. up for it and she's very tempted, but it mm, body language. It doesn't feel um, it. I don't feel mm. it. Like I feel uh, like with her and Draco, I felt it. With her and the character we'll meet in the next episode. I felt it. Yeah. Not this. Do you not, know what not do you know what it reminded me of? What? Marcus kissing Xena. Um Xena reminded me of a small boy being kissed by an aunt with that kind of when your granny goes for you and she's got all uh, like she's those hairs coming out of her chin. Yeah. And like she's all her got, lips it's are got all that kind of a, mm, like the you know how grandmother's lips are always really, really wet. Are they? Yeah, I think that might just be your granny. This? Well, my granny's dead. Not, not so with, thanks. Not with my gran. My granny's dead now, so thanks for that. Well, thanks for so bringing that up. Both of them. Yeah, no, it's both not a competition. <laughs> not a competition. <laughs> well, if you would win anyway. So. I I would win. <laughs> let's let's not go there. Yeah, we'll not pull out. We'll not pull that card out. Not this week. No. Um, well, save it. I'll save it for a special yeah. occasion. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now we cut to the scene that we should... story. <laughs> yeah. We now cut to the scene we should have had much sooner because yeah. Gabrielle having having promised to get Romeo into the palace, we now cut to Gabrielle in the stocks in prison. In the dungeon. Yeah. In the dungeon and Who and Romeo's next to her in in very heavy bondage. He's got a big chain round his he neck. He likes that shit. <laughs> just ask just ask Juliet. <laughs> After they're married, <laughs> after they're married, yeah. So, so that that was the big law, and, that's, and that, that's really the only point of that scene is yeah, just oh, to be they, funny. They got caught; they're in prison, uh, and they should have done that. You know, you know, smash cut to that fifteen minutes. Why ago. did they not consult us about comic timing? Mm, clearly, <laughs> we're the we're the <laughs> we're the experts. You know, um, yeah, aren't we? <laughs> so just oh. Uh, you know, anyway, back in the hot tub. <laughs> Meanwhile, back in the hot tub. Uh, yeah, well, so so that hot tub sleaze. rendezvous with Zena and Juliet is not as much fun as it sounds. Um, they're, they're, they're planning a, an escape, but Mazentius basically breaks into the spa, kind of knocks and knocks and knocks, and who's in there? And um, yeah. Suddenly, Juliet's like, nowhere to be there. seen. Zena's there in in a handy kimono. She's she's found from somewhere. Is it the mm. same kimono she wears in Dreamweaver? Dreamworker. Do you know? I think it might be. I'd need to go back and check, but it looks quite similar, doesn't it? Similar. similar. It's sort of purplish, yeah. Similar color, at least. Yeah. Oh, so, and this whole so scene is just really, really. Oof. Like she's like okay, you know, like let me ruin the surprise. She stuck Juliet in the hot tub, fully clothed. Well, to hide her. You know, where where else is she going to be hiding? There's nowhere else, you know. And then Mazentius is just basically like, well, I didn't get to force myself on that girl, so how about you and me, babe? 
and Xena has to pretend to be attracted to him. And, and she's about as convincing pretending to be attracted to this guy as she seemed to genuinely be attracted to Marcus. That's more convincing, if anything. Yeah, because she's faking it. The character's faking it now too, you know? Yeah. Um, and she said, <laughs> she says this line, you know, the last time I... The last time I was in a hot tub with a, a handsome man, I almost lost a war. <gasps> now, this is a reference God. to her seduction of Aeolus from Hercules, yeah. the legendary yeah. journeys. Um, and, like, where, but I mean, Upsetting. to be honest, the response to that is luckily there's no handsome men here because Mezentius is fucking rank. <laughs> like, there's no, like, who's, where's the handsome man? Hmm. The other thing I like about the other thing I like about this scene is that every time Mazentius gives away a fact that will be upsetting to Juliet, like we've captured Romeus, she, she's yeah. obviously going to gasp, go oh, Romeus. So Zena <laughs> just shoves her head underwater. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of wanted to go up gargling, saying, "Yeah, I'm worth more, not drowned." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and like, but like, it's not just they're going to execute Romeus; it's they're going to execute Romeus and his companion, who Zena must know is Gabrielle, and she has no reaction yeah. to this whatsoever. No reaction. Oh, shoving Juliet's head under the water again. <laughs> yeah, like she doesn't even makes no reference to it. Just anyway. Yeah. Anyway, oh. so Zena managed to manages to avert the hot tub sleaze scene. Some, yeah. somehow can't be can't be bothered to remember how she does it well um, she just says you know that you know gotta put business before pleasure you know i'll fuck you later basically oh yeah 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 yeah. later 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 one day when she does yeah, fuck him gra- a bit delayed like, gratification she, she'll fuck him in a couple of minutes but like metaphorically oh as in you got fuck boy <laughs> speaking of fuck boy <laughs> finally <laughs> Finally, Twigs that Xena is actually good and has been pulling the wool over his eyes all this time. And he yeah. mad. He real mad about that. He's real he's, mad about it not... because he found out that she rescued a baby instead of doing horrible things to a baby, which obviously is a real crime here in Moss Eisley Spaceport. Yeah, um, and, and she didn't even do it for a ransom. She didn't yeah. even get money here out in, of it. Here in opposite uh-huh. world, everything yeah. good is bad. And he goes and confronts her. With the fucking arrow thing that you mentioned before, just like and the the main the main issue is that his his male pride is all hurty because he he could have helped her rescue the girl and may, maybe that could have been his his good thing. Yeah. So, so why well, not okay, choose to be, do something be good, good now? now then? Yeah. So be good now then, dickhead. But no, he decides not to. Guards, I'm not guards. Strong enough. I'm not, I'm not strong, strong enough. enough to be good. You just have to like you just you literally have to do nothing. You're making yeah, an active not choice. Be bad. Just don't, just don't stand in her way. That would be a bit a better thing than what you do now, yeah. which is start a fight and call the guards and blah blah. Call the guards, like, which is obviously futile because if you've got half a dozen guards coming at Zena, you know what's going to happen. Yeah, well, um, they usually come so one at a time. Fight, fight, fight! <laughs> now with added cartwheels for no apparent reason. Yeah. Um, and she does does quite a nice wall run, sort of just running sideways along the wall, a little bit of yeah, bit of a kind of Prince, stuff. Nah, a bit of a Prince of Persia moment, yeah. Yeah, um, what, well, what, maybe what it is, is physics even. Maybe yeah, Crouching Tiger is a better reference because apparently um, one of the big inspirations for Xena and the fight scenes mm. in Xena is um, Hong Kong action movies. So yeah, probably yeah, it right. is. and it, that becomes that gets more and more apparent. There's there's a couple of episodes <laughs> yeah. that are all, almost move for move choreographed. There's a I'll, I will do some research and find out what the film is. There's a specific okay. film that 
there's kind of a bit of an homage um or you know it's ripped off um <laughs> one or the other anyway so in in the midst of this fight marcus grabs the girl as if to turn her in but xena persuades him to be good and he goes to protect the girl and he is shot with one of these arrows that we know yeah. is going to inflict terrible irreparable damage and he's shot saving juliet's life and he, yeah. he whimpers did did i did i do it did did i done good am, am i good now and she goes yeah yeah well done well done yeah it's like that meme where the death comes to find a goose you know yes was i a was good I a goose good warrior was that a good goose? No. No. Honk. <laughs> no. <laughs> Did this one thing make up for my lifetime of villainy? Well, we'll discover in a few episodes' time. No. And now doesn't. we get the good comic timing because because Cena says, "Don't, don't make me stand by your grave," and then he dies, and then we cut to his funeral pyre. <laughs> yeah, it like no one's gonna stand by anyone's grave because there's never any funeral in this that is not a cremation. This is every yeah. scene, every time they have a yeah, funeral, have, it's a cremation. Oh, and by the way, she killed Mesentius in this fight with the chakram, sliced oh, his throat open. Yeah, by the way. Yeah, by the way, Mesentius yeah. is dead. So good. Anyway, so uh, and this is the end of the episode. She's singing, doing the thing. She sings her she's, funeral she's song. Singing a, it's a, a Hebrew lament. And, yes, but this, um, you, the the lyric, the melody was written by Lucy Lawless herself, or came up yeah. with. Yeah, yeah. I've done the research Indeed. too, pal. So the right. a, he- a Hebrew well, poem, a Hebrew poem over Lucy Lawless's melody, um, and this is the always, <laughs> this is what they always have her sing. Um, yes, yeah, we we hear that funerals. several times. And basically, several any excuse again. because Lucy Lawless is a good singer, so they have any excuse to have her sing. Yeah, I I I like this. I like this song. It was good. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, it's, it's nice sad. Enough. I'd, yeah. Well, and then the ending is um, sort of stupid. Gabrielle's like, I wish I could have met him. And Zena's like, he was my friend. And then just repeats my friend like three times in different intonations. And it's just like... <laughs> but I think I think only Gabrielle has, has been given that accolade before now, that idea of being a being a friend. So this is a big deal. So we know that Oh yeah, yeah. Mar- Gabrielle and Marcus are really on the same fucking like they're really on the same level. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So not our favourite episode so far. Oh god, right, hang on. Like listen, like I did warn you at the start that this whole episode was just going to be me, going to be me going, oh god! <laughs> like and no, she I mean, I just, uh, it's just it commits the cardinal sin of just being boring. I mean, even yeah, even bad Xena episodes, which of which there are several, even like actually bad episodes like um, yeah this isn't this isn't the worst by a long way i won't no like there are worse like the the episode where they've got nets <laughs> like, they've got fleas Let, let's and they not, let's not give too much away that's let's... in season 4 or something don't worry about it like, like they'll have forgotten yeah. by then um well also we we won't get that far <laughs> probably not to be honest though. um like but like, at least they've got something about them, even if it is disgusting or bore or like rubbish. But like this episode's just boring, this is just bland, and Marcus is just boring, 
And like, of all the potential male soulmates that Xena has had, I mean, even Softman from Chariots of War was better. He had a character. Like Darius. He had a name as well. Well, yeah, I mean Marcus has got a name. What is it with characters called Marcus? They're so boring. What is that? <laughs> what is it? This is a reference to our previous to Flim Flam and I's previous existence as Barina Shippers. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a a man in that storyline called Marcus, also extremely dull and wooden. So dull, so yeah. dull. <laughs> a really boring man. Um, yeah. and Marcus, I'm just like, no offense, Marcus. Like you're Zena's like Tron. Like later on, later on in this scene in this series, uh, Gabrielle describes Marcus as Zena's Zena's one true love. Like fuck, no, like just. Whatever. There's, there's mean, a pattern, isn't there? The char- characters called Marcus turn out to be dull and their love interests turn out to be gay. <laughs> <laughs> Cause or effect? Dunno. Yeah, who knows? Dunno. Anyway, Causation so... is not the same as correlation. Basically, right, the problem with this episode, other than just Marcus being a bit boring, uh, the main problem I, fi- I think with this episode is that Xena and Gabrielle have no interaction other than at the start. Like, that... Yeah. The bit at the start in the tavern is the only good bit of the episode. And I think this is... We talked about this before, mm. right? About how um, the Xena producers did realise quite quickly that Xena and Gabrielle was the most interesting relationship on that the show. The, that was the story, yeah. Yeah, and that was the story. This relationship between these two people. Um, yeah. And they, they start, have, start to have less and less of this frankly boring bullshit of yeah. them splitting up that, to go off in their was, separate stories you know there was a record there was a recognized thing that um there was always so there was always a i think a clip show in every episode yeah. in every, every series, season yeah. rather yeah. um and there was always at least one episode that that was xena light but this was very gabriella so to you know to give lucy lawless a break because it was such a physical role and blah blah yeah, blah blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but this was a bit a bit Gabrielle like. This is a Gabrielle light episode. I mean, like she's in it yeah. for like she's in it for about five minutes total, right? And yeah. So we, so we come to week. we come to we come to scoring, and I, I'm just going to note that my my scoring reflects the fact that there are much worse episodes to come. So it, it's only getting the score it's getting by grace of there being much much worse stuff ahead. So I'm I'm going to go for four out of ten. Well, my my rating that I have written down is heterosexual out of ten. <laughs> Heterosexual out of ten. <laughs> well, I, like, to be honest, like can you can you quantify that? Two. Genuinely, like I, I would pick almost any episode of this show over this. I would pick. Wow. I would. Oh, if I had to, like there are, there are episodes of it. this. Don't say what, it. What was I going to say? What do you think I'm going to say? She doesn't know. You've no idea. What was I going to say? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, well, let's... Okay. What are you going to say then? What I was going to say is that there are, there are episodes of the show that have caused me so much angst that it was like a physical pain. Yeah. Um, And I would watch those before this one. Okay. Ever again. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to choose one of the really awful, awful, awful episodes. One of the... Um, air quote comedy episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would watch them too. I would watch them over this too. God, Fins, Awful. Fems, and Gems. Give me that one. Before you said this it. One. Damn it! You said it. That's the one. <laughs> that in sickness and in hell. Give me that one. 
Cue it up. Yeah, I'll have them. The I'll do them as a double feature. Like, God. I, I, if I never have to see the, I mean, I never do have to see this episode again, and I never will. I think I'll just skip this, I'd, I'd this watch one. This, I'd rather watch. I'd rather watch this one because at least Marcus has got nice arms. So what kind of lesbian are you? <laughs> Very odd one. <laughs> but still appreciate pretty things. Oh, okay, whatever. Also, I tell, I tell you the other the other thing that I think was a shame about this episode was I think it was a waste of quite a good villain. I think Mesentius was he was a pantomime villain, but I think the actor and the role mm. went quite. He made quite a good job of being that character. But as you say, we we do get another yeah, but, another yeah, crack well, at him later. We get another slice at the Mesentius pie or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, in the future, but I'll we'll leave you the you gentle listener in suspense. For how we will, that so happens. we'll come to that. So this has been episode five, um, and we move on yeah. next. And week no, we need to, to average out our score. You, yours was oh, four. Oh yeah, we do. On on aggregate, uh, the bar's eye view is three out of ten. Yeah, for, the, for this one. Um, and next week we and move on to skip. the reckoning. This is my advice: skip this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Just skip <laughs> it. Skip it. Don't watch ten. Me. Watch the first ten minutes, and you've got you've got the everything and my two po- my two marks are for those yeah. first 10 minutes they're not for anything else they're zero for the rest <laughs> that's, that's fair literally that's fucking fair. zero so, out of 10 for the rest of the episode so we'll leave it there and hopefully we'll see you again next week so for now so long my friend okay my friend my friend bye my friend <laughs> my friend <laughs> bye bye Thank you for listening to this episode of A Bard's Eye View with me, Wonko, and her, Professor Flimflam. Follow us on Twitter at Bard's Eye Podcast and subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon, and of course on the Podbean app. Feel free to leave us a review, but only if it's a good one. Bye!